Hello everyone, welcome to Gist with OJA. Like you all know, I am Oluwa Kemi Joan Anifooshi, O to the J to the A. Welcome to a new month, the month of May. I pray the month comes with so many reasons for gratitude. It's been a long time away, but worry no more, your girl is back. Welcome to another episode on my victory story. But let's quickly take this break for a start. Welcome back to my victory story. On today's episode, I have a super amazing guest. The beautiful thing is that she's also Lua Kemi, for my name's sake. My guest is someone you can refer to as an embodied evidence of God's grace, favor, and mercy. She's a survivor of a very fatal accident that happened over 40 years ago. Yet, she has risen to become a thought leader in her sphere of influence, customer service. Please welcome Olua Kemi Sheba. Thank you so much for honoring this invite, Mrs. Kemi Sheba. I hope you are doing very well. I am doing very well. Thank you very much. And it's an honor being here on this podcast. Oh, amazing. Okay, so our audience, are, they've been longing to meet you. So can you do a brief introduction of yourself to our audience, please? Okay. Um, where do I start? Let me start from somewhere. <laughs> Uh, my name is Oluwa Kemishiba. I am an experienced service professional with over 15 years' experience across multi sectors. The banking sector was spent the most of my um, career span, the online education space, and also the development space. I am a service delivery expert, anything concerning service, etiquette, and skills. That is what I love to do. I am a life motivator. I use my life story to motivate others to know that even after a bad or ugly incident, you still have a life and nothing has ended. Because as long as you're alive, everything can still work for you. I am a motivational advocate. I hold your hand practically and show you how to move on, no matter what it is. Life has a lot in store for you. I'm a mentor. My life has um, my my life has epitomized so many things that people relate with and they want to associate with. I am also a coach. I speak to people. I counsel them rather, and I tell them some things they need to move on because a lot of people are stuck in like a bubble. They can't come out of it because of some things that have happened to them. Mine was um, an accident. Other people's own could be about uh, maybe violence or not being able to move on. But that is what I do. I try to encourage people. And best of all, I am a mother to two wonderful children that have given me so much joy in my life. Thank you very much. Oh, amazing. <laughs> you mentioned something about an accident, and I also remember yes. something about your gratitude posts on LinkedIn, where you wrote an abridged mm-hmm. version of your experience, and now you ended up with a face pouncing. So, for the sake of our audience, what is face pouncing? Okay, fine. Um... For those that follow my story on LinkedIn, or for those that have read one or two posts about me, my gratitude story, that was the first time that um, 
my story came up in public domain for my friends, for my family. Everybody has grown up with knowing me this way. I grew up knowing myself this way because this thing happened in the last 40 years and I just have a few pictures to to recognize myself before this facial policy happened. Um, I was four years old then. It was the 21st of December, 1981. And we're traveling along um, one of the... Um, um, very busy roads in Nigeria that links a lot of states in Nigeria, the Binyore Road. You have to follow that road to get to a lot of places in Nigeria. And um, I was standing in in the car. I was actually in front with my aunt. She's late now. I was in front with her. You know how kids can be very, very squirmish and all of that. We are very, kids are restless. I was standing, there's this thing at the um, back seat in between um, where the passenger sits at the back and I was standing. I was holding onto my auntie's headdress, holding onto my uncle's headdress, my mom's twin brother, when the tire of the car burst. I was still standing. The car saw assaulted three times. I was still standing. And um, I was flung against the windscreen and out through the windscreen. I have what I like to call beauty scars on my face. I was caught all over by the glass. My immediate younger sister was in the car as well. She was also flung out of the car as well. I don't know how that happened. She was found in a nearby bush crying by passersby. There was, there was seven people in the car that day, four adults and three minors with my cousin. He escaped. I was the one that went away with the most um body um I put it, body ham that day he rushed us down to Benitich in the University of Benitich in hospital that day. It was four days of Christmas. You know how activities can be there were no beds. Even remembering the story now is giving me shivers. There were no beds and um my aunt that could talk that's the last born of my from my grandmother. She now had to start screaming that her elder brother was a medical doctor. My mother's twin brother is a medical doctor. And they searched his um, breast pocket and found his ID card. So what they looked at his ID card and were like, wow, this is one of us. And miraculously, beds appeared. We were put on beds and that was where my treatment started. I spent while a bit of time in the hospital. The first day I would see my prognosis after a lot of time, I, I, I broke down in tears. I was going to end up a retard. I was not going to be useful to myself. I was not going to be useful to, to society. I wasn't going to be useful to my parents. And there was something I was supposed to be done. I couldn't call it so that um, it would have been a bit merciful for me since the, 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 uh, the prognosis was that I was not going to survive at all. But my mom stood her ground. I'll call her my angel. She stood her ground and said, and she said, whatever this child becomes, whether I'm normal, whether I'm not normal, I will love her and I will accept her like that. Leave her for me. She's not going anywhere. And that was just it. And my mom and my family members, they stood by me and they made sure that I got the medical attention I could get as a then, but the damage had been done. It had left me with the um, the left side of my face um, altered, and um, I can barely the nerves 
the left side of my face totally damaged. I can't. I can't, a lot of times people ask me when they see my pictures. Somebody has even asked me on one of my posts that I always have the same holes in pictures that why don't I smile? It's because of the facial palsy. I cannot smile. I cannot hold a full smile. But does that make me less of a person? No, it doesn't make me less of a person. I had to, I had to do a lot of self-evaluation when I was growing up. I, I talk in a certain way. People, I've, I've heard people call me the girl with the bent mouth, the girl with the with, with the eyes that is not straight. I've heard so many things, and um, it broke me. It put me down. It um, it utterly almost destroyed me. But thank God for um, my support system, my immediate family and friends that could understand me. I couldn't go anywhere when I was younger and talk people would just start laughing. And so people even had the audacity to get up from where I was because they saw me not as a monster. They didn't see me as a normal child. And um, and I would like to stop here because um, it's actually a bit um, emotional for me at this point. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this. Thank you so much. Uh, I know how um, it can be for this the society, you know, especially even yeah. if it's even if someone probably was born that way, or especially if it's something that was that you know you're not giving birth to that way. There's a way society just yeah, yeah. they just uh, make people feel less of a person because of a certain way they believe everybody should look like, or a certain way they believe people should act like. So it's so sad. Mm. Yeah, very stigmatizing. And you've mentioned that mm. at the point, you know, how people made you feel like less of a person. So at what point did you yeah. come to accepting yourself? Because I know that growing up for you must have been very tough, you know, going to school, you know, be, uh, giving you names, the girl with the bent mouth, with the, that doesn't smile. So mm -hmm. at what point did you accept mm -hmm. this transition? Um, it's been a long while, I won't lie. Up until the point in my year one of my in tertiary institution in 1990, early 1996, before I could learn to accept myself, I, I struggled with inferiority complex growing up. I, I was almost never able to look up. Anytime I'm walking, my face is always down because I couldn't, I didn't want to look up people. I didn't want I didn't want to hear what people had to say when I lifted up my head and spoke. I didn't want to see people laugh at me. I didn't want to see people jeer at me. So most of the time, I walked with my head bent. That was a sign of of, of defeat. I was defeated most of the time. I was intelligent. I was pretty intelligent because I remember from Jesus one. I was part of the gifted children program then in secondary school. Um, I was oh, in over 100, in over 200 uh, children. I was um, um, in my set. I was between one to ten or so, one to fifteen. So I was doing well um, uh, educationally, but it wasn't just. It didn't cut it for me because people didn't accept me, even though I was a brilliant child, so to speak. And. And it, it, the story, except for my inner circle, the story kept going like that. Anytime I wanted to enter a bus, people giggling, people laughing, and people pointing. And 
it was so much. I, I, I hated myself because I gave I even gave myself the label of ugly girl. That was the label I gave myself, and that and that dark cloud hung over me for a very long time. I remember when I wrote my jam all those years ago, and um, then while growing up, jam all of us, the oldest generation will remember, we had to go through um, the jam office on St. Gerald Road at Ikoyi to collect our admission letters. I saw the jam form myself, but I didn't have I didn't have the belief that I was going to be taken in the school of first choice that I put in for. I went to the prestigious University of Lagos, Greater Sakakites, and um, yeah. <laughs> I feel the form myself. Then I picked another university as second choice. But in my mind, I was like, God, I would not enter University of Lagos. Don't make me enter that Shakara school. How am I going to survive if I enter that Shakara school? While I was on the line that day, I, I still kept praying maybe a miracle will happen. I will not get I will not get admitted into that school. And by the time they pushed my admission letter to me and I opened it, it was University of Lagos. My heart broke. When I got home, my heart I, my, my heart broke in pieces. When I got home, I showed my parents, they were happy, they were jumping. I was all looking at them from corner of my eyes, like these people. Do you people know what you are doing at all? Going to that school, it's not you and me that will go to that school that they will just destroy my life with their with their ridicule, with their with their rejections and with their with their loathing of me. I cried. I told my mom I wasn't going, but that woman, I don't know, there's just something about her. You know my mom is evil. So maybe that's um you know, the, 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 the Igbos, all tribes are tenacious, but the Igbos, there's something about them. They, you know, my mom was like, whether you like it, you do not like it, you will go to that school. You are worthy of that school. You will, and you must. When I was just giving the woman a like one of my posts, the woman, you know, you know African mothers, she gave me factory resetting Abara, like backslap. And I, and I just sat still, and she looked at me, and, and there was this plea in her eyes after hitting me. Please, you can do this. Don't fool me. And my dad too came in and he talks to me, and he's late now. And I will always remember, I call him Bola Kale. I will always remember Bola Kale's words. That means, my child, you are a human being. You can do it. And that was what sealed it for me. My parents pushed me, and I went to school. But my year one was, it was horrible. I was a lone ranger. I would walk from the, from, when I, when I went for lectures, I had this knapsack, I can't forget. I would enter the classroom, through the back, I was in art block. I was I studied. I'm a, I'm a I'm a graduate of English language. That's my first um, degree, English language. I would enter the, the lecture room from the back. I would listen, pay attention to the lecturer, and you know, do everything and that the lecturer wanted us to do and all that. And once the lecturer is leaving from the front of the class, I'm leaving from the back of the class. I never had friends. I was always one of those that, I can't remember the football football club that said you never walk alone. I walked alone when I was in the one. I wanted to walk alone and I did walk alone. But it was towards the end of year one that my life changed. 
that I learned to through the help of someone that didn't even know what he was that he was he had that kind of impact on me. My life changed. It was at a church program. It was a, the the president of our youth fellowship. Then we we, we had gone for a church program, and um, as usual, kids were I'll call them kids, although we were a little bit grown. They were making fun of me then. And funny enough, all, all of us are growing now. Most of us are married. And I'm sure if I remind them of what they did, all of them would be like, no, they didn't do that. But, <laughs> you know, and the guy, he saw me crying in the corner. And he just called me to himself. And he was like, what is wrong with you? What happened? And I just started crying all over again. He calmed me down and I said, talk to me. And when I opened my mouth to talk, he was like, just hold on a bit. He now asked me a very profound question. He said, when you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? I didn't even think twice about it. I told him I am ugly and started crying all over again. And he was like, young woman, will you calm down? I'm gonna, I want to talk to you now. I want you to listen. He was like, when you get home into your closet, kneel down and ask God for forgiveness because there's so many things about you that a lot of people are craving for. They don't have what you have. He was like, do you know how tall you are? Because for a woman, I'm actually tall. I think I'm five eight or five nine. He was like, you are a tall woman. I did have, your figure is fantastic. The way you carry yourself is, the entire room and the way you carry yourself, it commands attention. When you see me one-on-one -on -one, or you see me walk past you on the road or you see me walking towards you, you will notice me, apart from my the way I carry myself, definitely you will notice me. I didn't see all of that as my strength or my strengths with S. He pointed out my strengths to me. Fine, they may have been physical, some of them may have been physical because he also told me that you're a very, very brilliant young woman. He made me lead some programs in church. In fact, I had a talk show then back in church sharing with Kemi. I don't know why I left all that behind. Maybe I won't take it back up one of these days. And, you know, he so much believed in me and pushed me. And at the end of year one, after that talk, I went back home. And I internalized it and I processed it. And that was the moment that um, I decided that I am enough. I am who God made me to be. Only two people can decide who I am. The big man up there and myself. No one else can define who I am. And man, you know, people talk about rebranding on LinkedIn. I went and rebranded myself. It was a new me first semester yet too. I went to the market. You know, rebranding starts from the inside. Yeah. I got rebranded inside and I had to finish it on the outside. I mm -hmm. went to the market. I bought clothes. I bought shoes. I, bought, I, I, I started making my hair. I became a different person from that time on. And even as I started hearing comments from other faculties, who does she think she is? Because I now had a lot of male attention. Mm. Because people started, that's why I tell a lot of people within my circle now, if you do not carry yourself well, nobody will carry you. Mm. It's the weight and the scale with which you measure yourself that people will measure you and weigh you with. 
So if you tell people that you're a hundred pounds and people see you behaving like a hundred pounds, they will know that you're a hundred pounds and they will accept that you're a hundred pounds. Or if you tell people that you're a hundred pounds and you behave like you're twenty pounds, I had a total outlook. Since that time, things changed for me. And I thought about it, man, is either here with me or you fall out. Mm. And if no one wants to be with me, as long as God that created me, he gave me life, he gave me a second chance, he will always be with me and he will always give me the road to go. And that was it. And that's when my transformation started. And and this is this is where I am today. And I, and I bless God for it. Amazing. <laughs> listening to you, I, 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 it's, it's amazing listening to stories like this because the truth is, even if mo- many of us don't have any physical, um, like a physical um, challenge, sometimes we struggle with a lot of things internally and we find it very difficult to actually know who we are. And then there's a lot of things that are really good about us, but we, we don't look at that. We just major on the, our weaknesses. Whereas there are thousands of strengths that God has deposited in us. So it's really amazing listening to you. Even for me, it's a time where I'm 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 rethinking. Like, me see, there's a lot that you have inside of you. So instead of just thinking of the weaknesses you have, major on your strengths. Exactly. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, I wanted to ask that. Do you like seeing yourself in the mirror? Do you like taking pictures? But I think you've answered it um, when you were growing up. Okay, so I also know that you are a thought leader in your career path. You've risen to a very very great... um, You've gotten to a to an eye that everyone will want to get to because I see your your bio and I'm like, oh wow, amazing. So while uh, trying to get to your career, were there times where you were deprived of any opportunity because of um, the facial palsy or everything that's always gone through? An experience that pushed me it has not always been rosy being in the customer service role. Um, it was a part experience that pushed me into this career path and my watchword since then has been empathy i remember going to year one was still part of my year one school that day it's on um, one of my linkedin posts my career my journey what started me into the customer service i was looking face down pushed my head down and i heard my name on the line i struggled to put my my head up and i saw that it was one of my classmates and um she just pulled me in front of her, like, Kenny, she said it in Yoruba, Wale Siwajimi. And she just pulled me from her. I, I, like, at the people behind the line and all of that, that would they not be angry? She was like, she, I did not put, she didn't put me at the back of her, that she pulled me in front of her and that she has given me her space and all of that. And other people were kind of fine with it. Next thing, maybe that lady had known that I was also of a Yoruba descent like her. She wouldn't have said what she said. Or maybe some people are just generally insensitive. And the next thing she said was, in Yoruba, I'm going to say that and it's a feat. She now said, Tanu Jekyo Moele Nui Wasegbe Tudunduni Kowonu Line. That means who allowed this girl with the bent mouth and that her eyes is painting her to enter the line before her? Wow. 
it was it was it was as if the world stood still for me. And every person on that line down to where she was turned to her and gave her the tongue lashing of her life. But I didn't say anything. I entered the bus and through that ride from Barriga to campus, I was crying. And it was then and there I made up my mind that I will always put myself in other people's shoes. I will always empathize with other people. I will always try to see what other people are going through and do my best to put a smile on their face and help them with whatever is going on in their life. That's how I found myself in the customer service space. And that is a core value for me. If you say you're a customer service professional or a customer service agent or whatever title you bear in the customer service field or whatever thing you're doing and you do not have human feelings or you do not add a human touch to it, you're a time bomb waiting to go off in the wrong way. And all through my career path, it wasn't that rosy, but I blessed God for the bank that took a chance on me. It took a chance on, on me for a very long time. I was there. Uh, I worked with um, a big um, bank, one of the foremost uh, financial institutions in this country, and um, they had an inclusion and diversity policy, so it was no big deal for them to bring in someone like me, race, color, physical challenge, and all of that. They accepted everybody. And um, initially, one of the things that worked for me was my core value, empathy. Because of what I had been through, I always used to put myself in other people's shoes. I always used to like, ah, I have been through this. So whenever people are going through challenges and they come to me, I almost, uh, I also earned the name as in a phrase, go to Madame Kevin, she will do something about it for you. And that was how it always was in all of the branches I was. I was always, I was always um, visible. I was always doing everything to make people comfortable within the ambit of the bank's policies. That's just it. Just to make people, to satisfy my customers. And that is where my love for customer service grew. Um, through the process, I had challenges with some people. I remember one incident very well in the last branch I was, before I left the bank. Um, a manager in another branch came to the bank, and uh, to our branch rather, and she, she saw me at the front office. Because maybe because of the um, a lot of years of going through that experience, anytime anybody has any reservation about me, I pick up these vibes in the air. I picked up the vibe when the when that manager from that branch looked at me as I attended to my customers. And she went upstairs to see my custom, my my own branch manager. I just noticed that after she left, my branch manager was a bit upset, but she didn't tell me what it was. It was a few months down the line that I got to know what the discussion was and why my branch manager was a bit upset after she left that day. The lady told my branch manager that how could she allow that kind of person to be the head of her customer service? That how could she allow such a person to be attending to customers in the front office? That she should that she's not telling her to let me go, or she should find another role for me in the back office where I wouldn't have to face customers. My manager said that day that she told her, looked her straight in the face. I and told her that 
that is the best customer service personnel I have in this branch. If that lady goes, a lot of customers go. Most of the customers that you see in this branch, they followed her from her last branch. Mm. If she goes, those customers go. And it is because of this particular lady that customers keep trooping in here. When they come in, they're always asking of her, where is Madame Kemi? I want Madame Kemi to help me with this. I want Madame Kemi to help me with that. And that has been my story in the places that I didn't do well. But for most of the time, my customers can testify to you that I try to service them as much as I could render excellent service. And that is where my, 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 how I put it, my robust experience in customer service comes from. I did that day in, day out, day in, day out. So I had different segments of customers that, that I attended to every time. So I knew how to handle each segment. I knew the kind of um, attention to give to um, um, this particular segment. Um, I knew when to smile, although I don't really smile, but I just knew how to calm you down. I knew what to say to you to bring you down. And I was always very, very personalized in dealing with my customers. Once I reach you as a customer service person, the next time you're walking down my steps in the stairs of the banking hall, I'm calling you by your name. That's how personalized I was in customer the next time I see you, most of the time, if I if I happen to deal with you and I and um, I, I deal with you on the basis, if you come to me and tell me you do not know your account number, in two three seconds I've written your account number down for you and I've given it to you. You come to, <laughs> and a lot of people a lot of people wondered how I could do that. Account numbers in the branch. Let's say there was a system downtime, there was no account that was used on the regular in my branch mm. the next thing you will hear just the service down right go to Kenny Sheba she will give you that account number and really really and truly truly I will give the account number I knew almost all the fast path of what to do on the system I didn't have to start typing and all of that immediately I'm on the fast path and I bring up um, where I want to be on the system account numbers um, even to now eight um, uh, card numbers I have numbers on my head I have breast things on my head I have so many things on my head I, you know I was that um, when I was on the, when I'm on the system the number because I worked with numbers for very long time numbers and all of that I did not need to look at my keyboard to press numbers I was that I was that versatile so wow. I, I enjoyed my customers <laughs> I, I gave, I gave, if I can say so myself, I gave wild service like that. And um, I really, really, that really, really got my customers impressed with me. It's fine. Even though there were genuine mistakes along the line, as I said, everybody's human, nobody's perfect. Because of my antecedents, people yeah. got to wink, wink it away and like, okay, fine. We'll give you a chance to rectify it. And, 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 and for me... There were, my, there were ups, there were downs, but for me, customer service was more ups than downs for me. So basically, so that's my customer service journey. Oh, it's so great to hear. It, it just shows that, you know, um, you put in all of you into what you are doing, even as regards, you know, you have not allowed anything, whatever it is, to just hold you back or stop you from um, moving forward, you know, if despite everything, you are still at the top of your career, you are a thought leader when it comes to customer service. And this is worthy of emulation. Thank you so much for giving to us 
this much. You are so grateful. <laughs> okay, so another question is why yeah. growing up? Did you have fears at all? Mm. What were your fears? What were your major fears? Ah, uh, man, that question is a huge one. <laughs> I had I had fears and and um, one of them was someone in life. Would I would I would I amount to anything in life? Would anybody look at me and be able to to associate me with anything in life? And um and one of the one thing that um kept coming back again was it was an inner struggle, it was an inner fear. Now, would anybody find me? Would any man find me attractive enough to get married to? Maybe because of conversations I had heard, that stayed with me. And again, because it was, it was, it was. I had some difficult moments. The fear was always there that people never were going to accept me because at those times I didn't accept myself. It was a lot of ridicule, it was a lot of rejection, and it was a lot of self-losing. I loathed myself. I didn't see anything good in myself. I didn't see anything I could offer anyone. Meanwhile, the whole the whole thing was meant to be from inside out. I was meant to be able to reach into myself and give out to people. But because I didn't I didn't know I had that, everything was inside of me. And one 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 thing that one particular experience that stood out for me was um, it was during my NYC days, that particular day. I was meant to go to the office then. I was doing my NYC, I was my my place of primary assignment. I don't know what it was. I wasn't meant to go in, but I went in. And while climbing up the stairs, I that's like you say, eavesdroppers never hear anything good about themselves apparently. While climbing up the stairs, I, I I bumped into a conversation that 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 shattered me. There were two other there were two lady couples talking. Both of them apparently were married, and the conversation went source. I can never forget. The conversation was ah that chemical. She's okay. Oh, she's nice. So oh, she knows what she's doing and all of that. Why I pity her. And the other one was like Abi. That, that kind of person now, who is going to marry her? Will I have children? And that broke me. I I, I just, they, they noticed that someone was on the staircase and um, I just mumbled something. I rushed into the restroom. I cried my eyes out. And you know that thing that we do, God, when? And is this, is this what you brought me into the world for? Is this how I'm going to go on? And all of that. Those women spoke the fear. I wasn't able to voice out myself. If I was ever going to get married, if I was ever going to have children, if I would ever amount to anything in life, would, would anything good come out of me? But I just blessed God that I had someone in my life then. Um, after that incident, I got married three years after. And you won't believe it. <laughs> that on the day I was getting married, I was all looking at my husband like, hmm, this man, I hope he's not going to disappear. Because people said I was never going to get married, because it was it was so it was so it was so surreal. When people, when my husband's people were doing the dobale and they were they were prostrating and you know all this 
um, festivities were going on. I was just on my seat. I was looking at everything, and in my mind, I was like, God, is this real? Is this happening? But people said I would never get a husband. People said I would never have kids. And I blessed her that I got married and have two wonderful children today. My, my kids are my world. They, they, they're everything that the world said could not happen to me. And I just bless God and I'm, and I'm just thankful. My fears were they valid? Yes. But could I have done anything about them? Yes. And did I later do something about them? Yes. So I would say it's a win-win for me over my fears at this point thank you thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much this is this this listening to you is it's so exciting it's inspiring <laughs> it's um it's encouraging honestly to listen to, listen to all that you have actually put through and you know saying mm-hmm. it's a win-win like it's really amazing so what would, how would you describe yourself in in um in a sentence how would you just quickly describe yourself Oh, can a sentence describe me now? <laughs> okay, you just describe yourself like okay, if you were nah. giving just a minute to describe who you are. I, I I can do that. I'll try to do that. I am bold. I am beautiful. Even with my scars, I call them beauty scars. I am confident. I am the world that I am the one that the world thoughts could not amount to anything. I'm the one that was given a second chance. I'm the one that took a chance after so many years. And the one that did not allow her dreams to be derailed. I actually went back for a master's degree. I got my master's degree and two years after my first degree, in spite of everything that happened to me. I'm the one that never gave up. I'm the one that has hope in the and has hope and holds on to hope every single day and I'm the one that plans never to give up at any moment soon thank you great thank you so much for this word she's bold she's beautiful she's the one that has gotten a second chance and she has used it properly she has maximized the second chance so amazing okay so finally to my last question to you what will be your final words to the audience first to those who are at the verge of giving up and secondly to the societal disposition to people who have obvious physical challenges okay fine um, um beautiful question um having an impairment i'll call it an impairment is is something that a lot of people do not want to think about but as a human being anything could happen to you at any time that you could get an impairment a lot of people went out in the morning and by evening they have an impairment they got they got involved in a road accident maybe they lost a limb they lost an arm something could happen to as long as you're a human being that has blood flowing through your veins anything can happen to you or for anybody that has a kind of impairment or challenge i would say to you and i wish i could look them in the face right now i would say to you that it's not over until you win and as i said earlier at the beginning of this um, interview only two people have the right to define you god your maker the one who owns the manual of your life and you no other person can define you no other person should be able to put limitations or put um, a peg on where you can get to 
in life? Have I had my moments in life where I felt that I wanted to have I I wanted to end it all? Yes. I've had situations that almost pushed me to the brink of suicide because I felt that I wasn't good enough. Because I felt that how could I go on? Because I felt that how could I continue living this way? How could I continue facing people this way? So people actually the look on their faces was like this is a monster child. But I lived through that. And I will tell anybody that cares to listen now and is listening to this podcast or wherever this podcast will, will get to. You are you. You are unique. You are enough. I remember that I've had to be I've had to be at other interviews apart from my banking job. And I know I got to some stages, but because of this on my because of the I, I like to call it signboard, but my the people around me always my my inner circle they always like to chastise me that why would you call it a signboard? Because I tell them that once you see me once, you always know me the second time. You cannot fail to recognize me. That um, even with the signboard on my face, then sometimes when I go for an interview, I, I, I there's some people that have not given me the chance, even though I know that I did my best to get to the last stage of the interview. There was, there was an interview that a friend arranged for me. And he called me a week after, like, after me, I started the job, but I didn't tell him. I'm like, which job? I didn't start anything. And he was like, how, how, and all of that. Are they taking somebody? And he told me during the interview that I was the best candidate. They even told him, for, they even congratulated him for bringing me for the interview. And I just told him, you know what, there? Don't bother. I know why you didn't take me, because I saw the vibes in the room that day. The vibe was just there. It was a customer facing role. And the vibe in the air was, she might be all of that, but this on her face will not allow us to be able to put her in front of the customers. And I've had two or three instances like that. And I just, and and, and it hurts, but that was my, 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 my healing process. That was part of where I learned to start accepting myself. And one of the things, some other things I would like to say is, you learn to accept yourself or whoever is listening. You learn to accept yourself, whatever you're going through. It might not be a physical impairment. I have a, a Nigerian document, a Nigerian identification document that defines me as physically handicapped. I have two arms, I have two legs, I can see, I can talk, I can walk, I can do every other thing that a, a complete human being does. I am complete, but my driver's license says I am physically handicapped. It was, it was an ordeal for me, but I, I, I got through it. So for anybody that people are trying to label you or put you in a cage, learn to accept yourself. Once you accept yourself, people will accept you. And whoever doesn't want you accept, to accept you, please put them on the next bus and tell them to go to their destination, that you guys are not joining together. Two, so, believe in yourself. Believe you can do it. Learn to build that I can, I can do attitude from within. And believe you me, from within you will reduce from without. And people will learn to gravitate towards you by themselves, by themselves. Three, learn to accept rejection. If you do not accept that rejection that people are pushing your way, you are already a failure. Because accepting rejection is 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 a test of your strength. It doesn't make you vulnerable. Vulnerability is not a crime. When you accept rejection, you are vulnerable, but it is not a crime. I describe vulnerability as a strength, a very, very big strength at that. When you open up, 
when you accept the rejection and you know and in rejection one thing people fail to to understand is in rejection are lessons learn why you were rejected learn why the rejections came look for the lessons within pick the salient ones pick the ones that would would reestablish you in life and throw the rest away you don't need them and once you taking your learning from them it makes you become a better person number 4 i don't know if i if if, if i number the number 4 know who you surround yourself with who are your inner who is your who are the people in your inner circle who are your support system or who is your support system my mom was my support system the greatest support system for me was god my mom was my support system my immediate family was my support system my close friends and associates were my support system who do you surround yourself with do you surround yourself with people that will pull you down or people that will hold your hand and walk through with you through that journey those are the kind of people you need then you 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 you, you intentionally get to a point of self development you never stop learning You are bold in looking at your fears in the face. You never stop learning. I've never I've, I've not stopped learning. Your personal development should be key for you. When you speak, let people know that there's something worthwhile that you have to offer. Let people know that there's something worthwhile you have to say and let them sit under your tutelage and know that wow, this is impressive. I went back for, I I got my master's degree. I finished my first degree in 1999 and I got my master's degree in 2019. That's a whooping 20 years. I did not allow time to derail the train of my development. And that is what I would advise anybody out there, no matter how old you are, no matter the time that has gone past from what you experienced, you can always pick yourself up. It's not easy picking yourself up when you had a bad experience. But if you do not pick yourself up and you continue lying in the mud, believe you me, nobody will stretch their hands to someone in, in mud. You need to pick yourself up. wash yourself off with water or whatever you're going to use to wash yourself off not maybe not literal water but do some work on yourself if you need to see a psychologist if you need to talk to a close friend if you need to bring somebody close to you, to you to help you through that journey somebody that you can trust but you need to talk to someone you need to be sensitive as well you don't just open yourself up to just anybody like that trust a professional talk to people that you can trust either professionally or um in your in your personal life when you need to be sensitive about it be bold be fierce look those things in the eye it's not easy to look something in the eye you might blink a few times but when you have when you when you're fixated and you know that okay fine this thing it will not conquer me i will be the one to conquer it believe you me do i still have my fears to today mm. yes i do do i still do i still believe that some things could go wrong and things are going wrong things are going wrong and things have gone wrong but i will not stay there there's some things happening right now that i i i i wish were not happening but will i will i allow it pull me down no 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 if i allow it pull me down basically what i'm doing is i literally want to die and i'm and my god has not given me short life by his grace so i have a long time to live and in that long time i have to live i'm going to make, make the best use of my life so for anybody listening to me pull yourself together nobody defines you nobody tells you who you are who you are radiates from the out inside outside Once people see what you have to offer, believe you me, they will follow you. No matter what it is, 
I call my scars they're on my face. It's, it's, it's on my face. I call them beauty marks right now. They remind me of something. They remind me that God gave me a second chance. They remind me that I can be better than where I was yesterday. They remind me that my future is a short tomorrow. This cause remind me that you could have died, but you had another chance for such a time and that much impact. But here it is today. I, I see comments on my on my on my page, on my post, and I'm like, wow. When did that happen? How could that happen? I, I'm, I'm looking at me and listening to me with the kind of confidence and with the kind of positivity that I sometimes I feel overwhelmed. I will not lie, I do feel overwhelmed. Mm. Those days I don't even feel like getting out of the bed and doing anything. But once I take my moment, I step back, I process, and you know what? I go into it because tomorrow is another day. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. This podcast is something that, you know, even for me, I have to listen to it and listen to it over and over again because it's not a one-off thing. It's a story of someone who has, you know, gone through the ordeals of life and see you say these um, beautiful things about yourself. It's, um, it's something that, you know, it drives me to want to do more. So for everyone listening, it's not something you are supposed to listen to once and then just throw away. It's something you keep listening to over and over. You know, when you want to give up, just remember, you know, if God has given me this second chance, I can do better with it. Thank you so much, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Kemi. I am so grateful. I think it's a Kemi thing. You know, Kemi's are bold, they are fierce, yeah. they are daring. <laughs> yeah, so I can, I can relate to an extent. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> this um podcast it's really a pleasure having my, you. my pleasure being on here thank you so much for inviting me welcome thank you that brings us to the end of today's episode you know one thing i'm learning from the good book is to arise and shine for my light has come it means i must have been on the floor maybe people might have trampled upon me sometimes people might have stepped on me not because they want to or because they are also on a journey and they must keep moving. So, do not stay on the ground. Dust your back and get moving. Your shining is dependent on whether you arise or not. In this month, be bold, be daring, be confident, pride in your strength and improve on your weaknesses. Till I come your way some other time, I am Oluwakemi Joanne Anifewoshi. Enjoy your month. Bye!